hey guys welcome back to another episode of ohm we're at episode 10 um i have a really special guest today beyond the borders uh we have my friend lex vuko here mental wellness coach and fitness coach as well um she's been in fitness industry for more than 10 years now and she's very passionate about the mind we've had conversations in the past and this is only our second meeting but the type of reflection that i see from her is very or resembles closely how i think about the mindset and how i want to have conversations with other people about their mindset and it's great to have somebody to uh just be able to break it down into a science because while i'm very you know passionate or interested in the subject it's not my forte because like I'm a college student here for an engineering degree, so I don't really have it all down packed. But nonetheless, I'm so excited to hear what's going on with you and what you have to say. But uh, please introduce yourself for the guests. Yeah. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. Hello, everybody. Uh, so, yes, I'm Lex. I am a fitness and a mindset coach, basically. I help people when they feel stuck in their life or people who just feel like there's more to life than this. Like that often, that is often the sentence that um, comes out is there's got to be more to life than this. And uh, with my fitness knowledge, I've, I've seen a need in helping people overcome themselves when it comes to their bodies. And, and I believe that and, um, achieving workouts and, and physical fitness is one of the ways to strengthen the mind. Um, so I, I, I hope that I can help somebody here today who's listening to this uh, to help them understand that it really all boils down to how you think, uh, what meaning you assign to things, and just understanding that you always have choices in life. Like everything boils down to what you decide to do with your life. Yeah. So to get started, uh... I want to know a little bit more about you. So can you tell us like your backstory and where you're from? Uh, anything from your childhood or growing up that uh, kind of showed you the path in life that is laid before you now where you're into mental wellness? Sure. Great question. Actually, nothing really from my childhood stood out, except that I always, for some reason, had a feeling that like, there's got to be more to life than this, what I just said, right? Because I, I grew up in Eastern Europe, and it was a war-torn country. Right now, it's called Serbia, but it's changed this name a few times. And I lived there till I was six, 17. Um, and, you know, people here are typically, like, you know, they go to school and get a job, and that's it. And they don't question things. And I was the kind of person that questioned it, even though, like, my parents didn't necessarily like that or didn't understand why I wanted to do something different. It just never aligned with me to, to do that. Like I just questioned a lot of things. Um, but I was never thorough on getting the answers because it was just not, again, it was not something that you get answers for and you get shut down for it. And when I was 16, actually still living in Eastern Europe, I got hit by a car 
and my injury was both my legs, both my ankles were injured. And that is kind of the start of the journey because not knowing, not knowing at all about mindset and visualization and the, the influence on our mind, on our body. I, after my injury, after the accident, I actually was very positive about experience and I never went back to relive the moment. I just kept thinking of the future. And I also visualized myself running because I was told I'll never be able to walk again. So I never accepted that as truth. And I just started really visualizing myself run. And little did I, did I know then that that had a lot of effect on my healing. And they couldn't really explain how well my injury healed. They just said like, well, I guess it's because you're too young. It was kind of a miracle that the bone actually grew back because it was missing and the skin grew uh, re uh, regenerated and that was missing. And then that was kind of the, the first point in my life where I saw something that couldn't be explained and experienced something like that. But I never went much further with it because, you know, the war started in my country after that and I had to move to United States and and then dealing with culture shock and, and, and other issues. So like I never really had enough time, let's say, to even think about that kind of stuff. Like I just have to deal with life. And, and, and having said that, if I knew that everything is based on how we think, I would have changed a lot of things at that time. But I just, I just dealt with what I had to deal with in front of me, taking it one day at a time and uh, dealing with my anger. And I just found myself years later very angry. So that led me onto the path to go into kickboxing and boxing. And then from there, I moved to fitness. And that's when I really started digging into, you know, the power of the mind, because I saw how great I felt when my body was feeling strong. And that's just kind of the next, the next few years, I just started reading and exploring and getting into fitness. And then that led to me opening a fitness studio. And I ran that for about 10 years, and I loved it. Um, but even with that, I was finding mindset answers uh, for myself and for my life, but I that I felt that I was missing something for my clients, like I would get them results, but it was all temporary. They never stuck with it. And I really started digging deep into that. And long story short, I ended up selling my studio, selling my business and moving them back to Europe and connecting now all of it together. Mindset work and, and really health and fitness and, and why, why people sabotage themselves and why do we feel stuck in life and, and how to just change your life in an instant, basically, depending on, it doesn't really matter where you are, you can just change your life when you decide to. And I'm fascinated with the way our brain works. I'm really fascinated with that. So I'll never stop studying about that, but I really just want to spread the word and spread the message and hopefully inspire people through it all. Yeah, that's so great. So one thing that I'm really interested to hear about is your road to recovery after you got hit by the car. Mm -hmm. Like, what, what, do you remember what, like, type of emotions were going through your head and how you were dealing with it? Because you sound, you sound so optimistic on your outlook of it, and you want to get back to running and doing what you love to do, which is being active. But yeah. uh, reality and science is telling you that that's not possible. So what was going on through your head in that time? Was it like, were you just like rebellious or trying to like uh, prove them wrong? Or were you just trying to live your own life and 
be happy? So I think it's a mixture of things. Uh, but knowing what I know now, I believe that we're born knowing this stuff instinctively. And I believe that we're taught that logic takes over, right? And I'm glad you said that, like the science and the logic tells you otherwise. So in that moment, actually not knowing so much about the science and medicine actually helped me because my parents have come from med medical background and they were both like paralyzed with what's about to happen because of knowing so much. And for me, I was young enough to be naive enough to be like, well, I'm not accepting that. Like I, I'm going to run again. And, and yes, a part of me was always a rebel too. You know, I, I, I was always a tomboy. So growing up with boys, you always have to go in spite of the fear and you always have to prove yourself, you know, and you have to show that you, you have the guts, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, and when you get called out, like you have to, I do believe that it was more instinct. Um, I remember, um, I remember then the doctors coming to me and tell me like, well, you know, a part of a bone fell out and you're probably not going to be able to walk again or something along those lines. And I just remember not even accepting that because I could not imagine myself being, uh, like a better word, disabled in any way, shape or form because I was you know, active as a kid. So a lifestyle of being on crutches my whole life was not something that I ever accepted. And um, I just, I just went, I just literally turned the, the other way, my other, you know, how they say the other cheek. And I just went, oh, nope, that's not going to happen. And I literally instantly just started visualizing myself run. So knowing what I know now, I know I did a few things right. One, I never went back to past to relive it. What happens is when we relive the past, we create the same because our thoughts create our reality. So I never went back. The only time I ever thought about um, what happened was when they came to question me because I was hit by a car and it was a hit and run. So I had police, you know, come in to me a few times and ask me questions. And, you know, that was really the only time that I would address it or when people asked what happened. But Again, what, knowing what I know now and what I didn't know then, I didn't put any emotional attachment to what happened. I just went, well, this is what happened and this is the reality and I'm moving forward with that. So I really always focused on the future. So to answer your question, I, I'm, I'm going to say it was a mixture of things. It was a little bit of a rebel in me. It was using my instinct rather than what you learn and let's say intuition. And it was just my stubbornness to not accept uh, a reality that I'm not okay with. Yeah. I totally get that. Because, like, why I can't, like, I've never broken a bone in my life. I can only imagine the pain it feels. But sometimes I'll catch myself thinking, or one thing that's helped me stay so optimistic and focused on my goals is kind of taking that time and understanding that uh, while it sounds dark, I will say, I don't know why this happens, but I'll sit there and uh, think about like some things that are going to be certain in my life or certain events that I'm going to have to face. I'm potentially going to have to face like uh, the death of my parents, the death of people that are close to me, uh, 
just growing up and experiencing life and noticing that some of the things that I've changed as a person and some of the things and people that I've hung around and, uh, you know, befriended and lived life with are not going to be the same throughout my whole life. And it, like, while it makes me feel like very sad at that moment, it's another part of life. Like pain, you have to accept that pain and suffering hardships are a part of life and we all can't be elated and ecstatic and that in a state of euphoria all the time. And once you understand that, you can be a little bit more optimistic about the little things and, you know, pay more attention to that because it's kind of taboo to talk about, you know, your parents dying because nobody wants to ever talk about that. But it will happen eventually and you have to be able to assess how you're going to feel at that moment. Cause when I tend to think about that situation, it's like, how will I feel in that moment? How will I move forward from it? Yeah. What you said is very powerful because it's, you cannot control that, but you can control how you will react to that and what the meaning of that it is in your life. This is why when something happens in life, people can choose whether they're going to be paralyzed by what happened or empowered by it. And it's literally a choice. Mm-hmm. And you're right, like that's something that's inevitable, but what are you, how are you going to deal with that and how are you going to control that? And another thing I'll say, I love how you said, like you cannot be in the state of euphoria the whole time. I always give example of a heartbeat, right? Like if you ever watch a heartbeat on a monitor, it goes up and down and up and down. And that's exactly how life is. Sometimes you feel really great and sometimes you have the low lows and those are peaks and valleys. Like just because it's not a peak, doesn't mean you cannot necessarily go through the valley and learn from that experience as well. Um, We're so... I I believe that nowadays, like this idea of like positive thinking, positive thinking, you have to always think positively. And believe me, like I'm all about positive thinking, but I'm not about not processing the bad emotion, right? So like if I'm, if I lose somebody that I love where something happens, I'm allowed to feel emotions. Like I'm not just going to override them and say like, oh no, everything's fine. If, if I don't make a switch in my head to say this has this is going to have a different meaning to me, right? So it's about the meaning. So like when I lost my mom 10 years ago, um, it was really hard at first, obviously, you know, it, it, it's my mom. And, and then now, and then through the healing process, I said, you know, what can I learn from this? How can I use this as my strength? And then, you know, not having her physically there, I actually use that as my guidance, as my strength. And to say, you know what, I'm going to live my life to the fullest because I know that the bottom line is she wanted me to be happy. So if nothing else, I owe it to her to be happy. And, you know, I I grieved through that process and I healed so well that even now when I think about my mom, I put a smile on my face. Like I'm never sad about it. But that's the meaning that I gave it after I went through certain emotions and, and allowing myself to feel a certain way. Yeah, I feel like it, you have to just be able to process your emotions. It's the decision. You have to be able to process and understand that it's coming so that when it happens, your decision making is not 
skewed and as irrational as it would be if you just got hit with this by surprise. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people want to do that, though, because of the fear, um, you know, because and I think that's why so many people do have a hard time dealing with that, with the reality when it happens. You know, if you just um, stay open to what is and understand that you can control only yourself and your thoughts and your actions, that gives you enough power to overcome anything. Things are going to happen in life regardless whether you saw them coming or not. But how you deal with that situation is on you. And that's fully on you. That's why I always tell people, like, I say we have two lives. One, the first one you didn't choose. That's the family you were born into, raised the way you were raised. And that one you didn't choose. But your second life is the one you absolutely choose. And many people choose to be stuck in the first life, right? They, 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 they choose to be stuck in that story. But just as someone can say, well, you know what, this happened to me and I can't do anything in life because of that, I can find a hundred more examples of the opposite of people who went through something similar and have overcome that, right? So it's, it's again, it's, it's our meaning. We create a story in our head and say, well, I can't do that because this is what happened to me. It's literally just a story that we tell ourselves Then it's bottom line is it's an excuse. If I tell myself, I'm going to use that to empower myself and process through all the emotions, and like you said, the, the negative ones and the positive ones, I'm going to use that story to empower me. I'm not going to let it stop me. And that's the same thing with my car accident is I could have just accepted that and what they said and just said, you know what, I guess that's what it is. And I just went, nope. Now I'm going to say that, you know, great medical staff was a part of it. But a huge part of it was my mindset and my positive outlook on things and just moving forward because it's a combination. You know, I, I, you know, I talk about positive thinking and I talk about this, but I do believe that it's all together, right? Like it's processing through all the emotions that you allow yourself to feel and accepting the reality. Now, accepting doesn't mean approving. I want to mention that is because sometimes things happen and people are like, well, I, I can't accept what's happening. You can accept that this is the reality right now, but you don't have to approve it. You can still react to change things, right? Like you can still react to, to, to understand that you have the choice to change the situation, to leave the situation, to turn that around. That doesn't mean that you are approving it. It just means that you're not fighting against what's currently happening. That's a lot of times where stress happens is people just... Um, not understanding, not accepting the reality for what it is. Yeah. I see that a lot. Because I'll talk about it more later. Or, yeah. Uh, in high school, I used to get, I was a big troublemaker. I was in trouble a lot. To the point that, at some point, I realized that every time I'd get called up, or I had been to go to the principal's office or talk to a teacher after class like even though everybody in the class was like oh man mario has to go to talk to the teacher or he's going to the principal's office like what's going to happen is i wasn't very stressed about what was going to happen to me one because i remember some of the stuff i was doing was it wasn't bad or mischievous it was just kind of like childish but i just always kept like a level head no matter who i had to face 
only because like I can't change the situation. I can't magically like just pop out and not have to go there anymore. Like history set in stone. I have to go talk to them and you know deal with the repercussions for my actions. But it's how you once you look at it with a certain perspective you can now choose how you want to handle the situation because you have choices on how it's going to pan out but it's you have to keep your emotions and your mind in tune to make sure that you're not panicking because when you panic that's when you're going to do something that has a totally different effect than what you wanted it to absolutely and actually uh, a part of the brain shuts down when we stress and when we panic. So the way we're designed, right, is, you know, you live your life and then you face a lion or a bear and that's when the stress level goes up. And it's supposed to be like you can either face the lion or you can run the other way. But either way, you're just going to have to react like you, you, don't, you can't stand there and think right? Like, okay, do I stand here? Do I face it? No, you react. And that's something that that is created so that we can evolve as human beings and actually sustain um, on this planet Earth. So the, the shock of the moment of dealing with that stress, so you it shuts down a part of your brain so you don't logically think, you just react because you have to save yourself. And you know how many times in life something happens, you just react and you're like running. And then when things calm down, you avoided the danger, like, oh my God, what had just happened, right? Like that's when you can start actually processing what happened. And that's how we're designed. We're designed for high stress for a very short period of time so that we react, get out of the dangerous situations, lower our stress and move on. So the logical part of our brain shuts down, which is why what you said is so true. When we panic, when we have high stress, when we uh, get paralyzed by fear, we actually cannot fully think straight. We cannot think with our full brain. This is, you don't want to make decisions when you're in high stress situations. The problem nowadays is people are in high stress situations all day long, and we're, we're just not designed for that. Our, our immune system suffers. Our brain obviously doesn't fully function, and therefore our decision-making is completely messed up. And that's why when you have to make some big decision in life, it's you've got to go from, you know, lowering the stress level, calming yourself down, allowing your full brain function to happen before you actually make the decision. One powerful thing that I've heard and I hope people take from this is when your emotions go up, your intelligence goes down. And think about that, what you just said, like when you get pissed off, you just react. You get angry, you just react. You don't think things through. But if you can remember their statement and just have a second of clarity to remember it during a situation, you can completely avoid and diffuse situation without getting into a fight, argument, or just letting things blow up. Okay. So is there a way that people can operate in a high stress environment for longer periods of time or would like mental coaching mostly work on uh not being in that high like avoiding high stress situations at any cost so there are people who deal very well with high stress situations um they're they're really great quick problem solvers but i will say that for them high stress is viewed as something exciting this is why it's not a typical high stress. 
So like the way those people deal with stress is differently than we do. So for example, like doctors in ER and nurses, they have to function on a different level under stress than we do, right? They still have to fully function. So what they have trained themselves to do is while it looks like a very stressful situation, when the decision-making time comes, they are rational. They calm themselves down and it often happens uh, through breathing. Um, and this in their field, for example, it happens sometimes subconsciously because they have to train themselves to do this. So like breathing can change stress level instantly and they, they focus, they, they're, they focus on the actual situation at hand. So let's say it's an ER doctor and there's like, you know, there's been a huge accident and there's like all these people coming in with all these life-threatening issues and they have to react, right? The doctor that's dealing with one patient is focused on that particular situation at the moment. So it's a very narrow focus which allows him not to overthink how massive the strategy is, right? Like he thinks only, he or she thinks only for that particular moment. When they solve that problem, they move on to the next one. So yes and no to answer your question. Yes, you can learn to deal with high stress situations, but even those situations cannot be for too long of a time. Here's a perfect example, COVID. When he first hit, there was this huge panic, right? Like nobody knows what's going on and nobody knows how to deal with it. And it lasted, let, let's even say a few weeks. But then after that, everybody's like, okay, well, I guess I got to continue my life with this thing going on, right? And things are getting back to normal. And then it almost goes the other way where people are not taking it seriously enough, right? So that just goes to show how people cannot really sustain high level at all times because actually the immune system will suffer and a lot of things in, in body actually and, and mind deteriorate because we are not designed for that. Um, so if there are peaks and valleys, that helps a lot. Um, if not, what happens is if we're in high stress all the time, the brain accepts that, accepts that as a norm. So it thinks that that's how you need to be at all times. And the crazy things happen. Uh, if there's nothing to stress about, your brain will try to find something to stress about because it needs to know that it's within the normal, uh, within its norm. So it does that to actually, it's, it's like, it, it's only goes against what I just said, but it's totally how the brain works because what it does is it does everything from the survival standpoint. So what, what it does is it doesn't want you to be in the unknown. So if you got your body and your mind always in high stress and it, it's been long enough for the body to accept that this is the norm, the body or the mind doesn't want you to change because it's the only thing that they're comfortable with. It's that comfort zone that we always talk about. No matter how much you logically know, hey, I need to start working out. Hey, I need to stop smoking. Hey, I need to study on time your brain still doesn't want you to do that and you still fail to do that. This is how people end up sabotaging themselves is because your brain plays tricks on you. And on top of that, because you're in high stress a long time, remember part of a brain shuts down. So actually you don't have a fully functioning brain per se because you are reactive. You're very snappy. You're reacting to things and you're jumping into things without logically thinking about them. So I know I said a lot there, but the bottom line is the brain You've you got to know how the brain works. The brain wants you to survive, and it always sends you to the known. So anytime, this is why fear exists, anytime you throw yourself into something that's unknown, 
He wants to push you back to where you were. This is why people procrastinate when it comes to studying. This is why people procrastinate when it comes to their health. You logically know that this is what I should be doing, but your brain doesn't want you to do that because it doesn't want you to change. Yes. That's allowed me to make a lot of connections with the examples in my life of just procrastination or just being complacent in where I'm at. And that gives me a lot of insight into it. My next question is, I want to know what your outlook on fear is and what your opinion is on it and how you would describe it in your life and how you've acted great on question. it. Great, great question. So, you know, there's this word fearless and I love that word because I, I consider myself fearless and it, it's empowering to me to think that way. Truth is there's always some form of fear and fear is actually very needed for once again, evolution. Um, there has been studies shown on people who, whether they had accidents or hit their parts of the brain where fear disappears and they, they literally had no fear. It's extremely dangerous for them. And it's really hard to, to live a life without fear because uh, if you have no fear, you have no fear of like the action because of hope, I'm going to get hit by a car um, on a small level. So fear is something that's in our DNA. It's a part of who we are. And <clears throat> from evolutionary standpoint, excuse me, <clears throat> it's always going to be there. Now, how you view fear is a choice, right? How, how you deal with fear is a choice. Um, it's, it goes back to how we talk to ourselves. So if I feel fear and if I, if I assign a meaning to that, that, oh no, the fear is telling me that I shouldn't do this, therefore I shouldn't do this, then I'm never going to move forward. And remember, your brain wants you in the known. So it's going to send the signals of fear anytime there's something unknown. You have to push through that in order to get to the other side. So the way I, I feel fear is, or the deal with fear, and I, I teach my clients this, is through visualization. A few things. I view fear as the compass in the opposite direction. So if there is fear, that only means I have to go the opposite way. That's one way I go about it. I literally just to go, oh, fear is telling me not to do this. That means exactly the opposite. Another way to go about it is to visualize um, uh, stage, right? So somebody is about to step on the stage. They're behind the curtain, but the stage, the stage is in head, ahead, and they feel fear about walking through that curtain. Um, but everything that they want is on that stage. When they step on that stage, they turn into the person they need to be in order to have what they want in their life. So I visualized this in the past, and I have my clients do this. You visualize yourself in front of that curtain feeling that the curtain is the fear and the moment you step through that curtain, you are going to have everything that you want. You're going to become who you need to become. So you literally just walk through the fear and each time you build, you walk through the fear, each time you break through, you have changed, you have shifted your mind and you've actually built self-esteem and self-confidence because you did something that was, that you were feeling like you shouldn't do or your, your whole body and your mind was trying to pull you away from it. So my belief is that the fear is always going to be there. Don't try to dismiss it. Just use it as a pointer in the opposite direction and work with it. Be excited about it. So like when I feel fear about something, 
I get excited because I'm like, oh my God, I'm about to break through. I'm about to change. And it becomes a game. It becomes a game of conquering that fear of actually fear not really ever stopping you, but just being a guy. Yeah. So were, or were there any specific examples when you were beginning your career, or even like now, at any point in your career, how did you deal with or what was that fear that you had and how were you able to deal with it? Did you use those methods or did you, you know, tackle it differently? So I will say that I also connect fear to just feeling a little nervous and anxious. And then I connect that to also feeling exciting, excited because they've done a study on athletes where like, I think it was, um, they interviewed them actually for Olympics, I think it was. And every, they asked everybody like, are you feeling nervous? And they said, no, I'm feeling excited. And it really ends up being the same thing. It's very similar psychological effects, but one meaning is nervous and more fear in the state of fear. And the other one is excitement and a state of growth. So I kind of made that connection. So if I feel fear, at this point, I feel excited because I know that I'm about to break through. In the past, if I ever felt fear, it was just about playing mind games with myself and just telling myself, my big question is, if I don't do this, how will I feel about it tomorrow, in five years, in 10 years? And the big question is, how am I going to feel about it when I'm on my deathbed, when I'm 80, 90, 100 years old? And that question is a huge driver for me. So this is another example of using the fear to your advantage. My biggest fear is being 80, 90, 100 years old, laying on my deathbed and regretting not doing something. So the moment I feel fear, first, like I said, I shifted it to excitement. And second, I ask myself, okay, if I don't do this, if I let's say it's public speaking, let's say I want to step on that stage and I'm really fearful, like there's... 3,000 people out there, and let's say I'm really like getting paralyzed by fear. First, I'm going to do visualizing exercise of the curtain. Second, I'm going to say, okay, everything I want is on that side of the stage, and I'm going to visualize myself giving a successful speech. And, and if none of that works, but even in combination with that, I'm going to ask myself, okay, if I don't step on this stage now, uh, if I step on this stage now, what does that mean for me? That means I conquered myself. I have helped 3,000 people. And I, I focus on what if on the positives. And then I say, okay, what if I don't step on that stage? Am I going to regret this later on in life? Is this an opportunity that I've missed to really become who I'm supposed to become? And that to me is a huge driving force. I'm never going to let myself be on my deathbed and be like, oh man, I should have tried. No, at least I failed. At least I know that I've done it. I gave my all to dive in and, and to, to, to conquer myself. I never want to live with a regret because I believe that, that that's my fear. That is my biggest fear is living in regret. So I use that fear to be my driving force to push me forward. That's great. So I only have a couple more questions. Uh, my first one being, so you let fear or you let that fear be able to drive you when you think about regretting something that you could have done, like once you're on your deathbed. I think about it exactly the same way. Uh, I wanted to know for somebody like maybe my age or younger, where I feel like in my life growing up, I wasn't taught by, you know, my parents or by school how to handle my emotions well 
And it was kind of something that I just had to learn over time and, you know, learn as I made mistakes and keep on going. But for somebody who's like in high school or just coming into college and this world is just like totally different than what they expected it to be, you know, maybe six, seven months ago. And they really don't know what's going on. And on top of with on top of all the, you know, chaos and stuff that might be going on in their own personal life, they have to deal with uh, accommodating or, you know, getting used to life within a global crisis. Do you have any specific like keys or advice to them to show them that there's a brighter road ahead in that if they keep on trying to push themselves and take this as a take this time in our lives as a challenge that you can see great things come out of it. You just have to, you know, dive in and invest in yourself. Right. Yeah. There, there's so many things. There's, there's quite a few things that, that I'm going to mention right now that people can do. And this is the same thing that I wish that I knew then, because what you just described is exactly what I went through minus the COVID, but I, I, I went through so much when I was in college mentally that I, it was so much thrown at me that I had a really hard time handling it all. And I wish that they, somebody could have told me that there is a brighter side, but I am that much stronger for going through that, I guess myself. So um, your environment is more powerful than your willpower. That is very important to know because who you surrounded yourself with creates who you are and who you will become. And to to point out just how powerful this is, they've shown that, you know, the, the, the circle, let's say the circle of five, like the closest people to you, people earn within 20% of each other. So you, we earn within 20% of how, how much people around us earn. This is why they say, if you want to be successfully successful, if you want to be a millionaire, you've got to hang out with millionaires. Um, you, you've got to understand how they think and how they talk, right? Because that's who you surround yourself with. Having said that, when somebody's dealing with so much, you know, like there's stress at home, there's stress in school, there's, there's so much. One thing in this day and age is you can use online, you can use digital age to find, let's call it your tribe, your community. Understand, first thing is to understand you're never going through whatever you're going through alone. There are other people going through the same thing. We oftentimes feel that we're the only ones. No, we're never the only ones. There are people dealing with the same stuff out there. There are people who've been through it and came on the other side. And that's who you want to seek out to. And if there's nobody even online who you can reach out to, find books, autobiographies of people who come from the same environment or even worse environment and who became and achieved things in life. It is extremely inspirational, extremely motivated and eye-opening to hear other people's stories of overcoming something. And by hearing their stories, we start feeling what they felt courageous and strong and powerful and that we can make it through. Because we have these mirror neurons in our mind. Um, like when you watch a movie and you really feel for whatever the person is going through, that's how we're designed so we can have sympathy and empathy for other people. But we literally actually feel what they're feeling right like you during the movie you actually feel really sad for the person in that moment 
So it's the same thing. When you read or watch uh, inspirational movies or watch inspirational documentaries, you start feeling like those people. So when they break through, you're going to have those same emotions. You're going to feel that much stronger. So if I was a person right now in, in college and feeling with so much craziness around me, I would, that's what I would do. I would surround myself with stories and people who are on the either side of it. And then some people who are going through the same so that we can actually communicate. The only caution that I would say is somebody going through the same thing, you don't want it to become a negative environment where it's just bouncing off of each other's negative energy. It's just about like having an accountability partner in a way of how do we set goals for this week and what are we going to achieve and how we're we going to help each other move forward. Um, and one more thing I'm going to add is always ask, where's the rush? Like if somebody's out there, like somebody's in college, there's so much going on and they're just really, really feeling like going down the downward spiral. Nothing stopping you from pausing from taking a break from school if you need to, from walking away from everything to handle your mental state. Because if you do not handle your mental state, no degree, no amount of degrees, no amount of letters behind your name matters. The only thing that matters is that you're in a good mental state. So I will say feel free to take time off. I remember rushing after high school to college, and I actually had to do that uh, for different reasons, but I, I got to college and I was like, whoa, I would have taken two years, at least two years off before I was ready to step into college because I was so mentally exhausted from everything that was going on. So it different, it's different for everybody. Somebody wants to handle, somebody wants to go through uh, and finish everything. Somebody may want to slow down, but I'm just going to say, Step away from all the media, all the people that tell you have to keep going and ask yourself, what is it that I really want and need in this moment? And this is when the biggest breakthroughs can happen is when you quiet yourself from other people's opinions, other people's opinions. It doesn't go again uh, with inspirational stories because you're using inspirational stories to find motivation. But when somebody keeps telling you, let's say it's your parents, oh, you need to go to school. You keep need, you need to go to school. We're paying for this, and da da da. You have all that pressure. You still have a choice. You still have a choice to quiet everybody down and to really decide what is it that I want out of my life and what is the best thing that I can do for myself right now. Sometimes you get the answer quick and sometimes it takes time. But answering those questions is key because we are in charge of our lives, not our parents, not our siblings, not our spouses, nobody else. If you give them that power, they will take charge of it. But understand that you always have a choice, no matter how dark the other side seems. Remember, your brain right now represented, represents it in a much darker place, as a much darker place, because it doesn't want you to change. But if you're not comfortable, if you're not good with where you are, if you're not, you're not good mentally, it's time to quiet everybody down, go to your room, to your car, to nature, and spend time by yourself to ask yourself, what is it that I really want? That's amazing. Man, well, I know you have other stuff to do in the day, but I really loved having time to sit here and have a conversation about you and be able to talk about these things. So Absolutely. my last question is, where can anybody find you at? Um, the easiest way to find me 
<clears throat> would be on mindsetconquest.com. It's my new podcast and a YouTube channel. Um, it's mindsetconquest.com and all the links to my social media are on that site. So if, if people just go to that site, they can connect with me on Instagram and Facebook and, and everywhere else. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure having you here and hopefully we get to have conversations like this in the future. I definitely wouldn't mind at all. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And I really hope I helped somebody out there who needed to hear this. Yeah. And uh, in closing, so if you like this episode uh, and you re something resonated with you and you were able to learn something from this, share with a friend, uh, like, subscribe, leave a review and give me any feedback. Let me know how I can make the show better and how I can be able to accommodate to you guys more. Um, this community is here to be able to grow and be able to share our experiences, not just mine and Lex's experiences, but yours as well. So feel free to, you know, hit me up on Instagram, hit me up on Twitter, and let me know what you think. Uh, this has been another episode of OWN, signing out. I'll see you guys in two weeks.